the Turnkey Brothers Show, number four. Brought to you by Boise Turnkey. Guys, today is a very special show because we bring on the social media guru, Marlon Oriano. I'm sorry if I mess, mess that up, but it's Marlon Edits for short. That's what, he, that's what he goes by. And today he talks about mindset. He talks about social media, what it takes to get into social media, how you can start today, or is it even right from you, for you? Furthermore, he condenses the time of what it takes to build, let's say, a billion-dollar company in 30 years and how you can condense that using social media down to just three. So stay tuned and find out because he's got a lot of great nuggets in this next episode. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode four, everybody. We're the Turnkey Brothers, and we're very excited to bring with you guys today a social media giant in our eyes. <laughs> he may not say so, of course. but man, we've learned <laughs> everything from this guy. Um, I just want to give you guys a little bit of backstory about him because I'm very excited to have him on here today. He and I actually met at a real estate investor conference. It was called the REI Circle, and it was put on by AJ Osborne and Investor Girl Brett, right? Yep. And that's where he and I met. And I will never forget that experience. It's social media is one of the biggest things I learned during that event is that you have to get yourself in front of other people. And uh, Brandon Turner said it best while he was there. He was talking to one of, to somebody who was there, another investor saying it took him 30 years to make it where, where he was. And Brandon said, yeah, but with social media, it can only take you three years. So the power that social media has to just catapult your business, your your real estate, or anything you're trying to do in life is your just so powerful. Well. Your network, right? Um, and I wanted to get into that a little bit because when it comes to networking and social media, you know, it's a hard grind at first, and this is just my experience. But what it offers is that it opens you up to new networks, new opportunities, which grows your base even further. So with that being said, without further ado, I bring you Marlon Oriana, forgive me if I pronounced no, that wrong, <laughs> but also known as Marlon Edits. Um, he's got two companies, a clothing company, a social media company, um, photography, I believe. So just bring us up to speed, how you got there, where you're at, and uh, where you're at today. Sure. Yeah. So I actually grew up back in the East Coast in Jersey, actually. I grew up in a very, very rough area. Literally the ghetto. <laughs> okay. And um, I, I am very grateful for that experience because it made me appreciate the little things in life. And that's why I feel like I'm such a people person because I've seen where I grew up and then moving to Idaho was such a culture shock. Like everyone here was nice. People would come up to you and say, hey, how's it going? And I was not used to that. I was like, why are you talking to me? This is weird. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but basically how I picked up a camera, just it literally... Uh, just fell in my lap. I used to be a radio frequency design engineer for uh, Nokia back in the East Coast. It used to be Akita Lucent, then Nokia totally took it over. My team of 12 got reduced to a team of three. Um, and I was one of the people that actually got laid off. So I was just like, eh, it's okay. I, I was getting paid a lot to do nothing. And I kind of was just like, this doesn't feel good. So it's it's whatever. Um, met a girl on Instagram and decided to move to Idaho just on a whim. Yeah. Hey we were talking online for about a year and then... She was just like, hey, you know, you got laid off. Um, do you want to try a change of pace and move to Idaho? I visited once and I said, sure, why not? Once is all it takes for Idaho. Yeah, it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then um, it's funny because prior to that, I ended up, the way I picked up a camera was uh, back in college, I got into lifting and a buddy of mine was like, hey, 
uh, there's this gym called Chiseled Health and Fitness, which is weird because it was like completely out of the way. It wasn't along the lines of anywhere. Like my school was here. My home was here and it was about a two hour commute. And that gym was literally smack down in the middle of like nowhere. So I'm just like, why would I ever check out that gym? Wait, you commuted two hours every day for school? Oh, no, no. I ended up dorming there. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I ended up dorming <laughs> in school. And, um, but after I graduated, um, I ended up getting the job at Nokia. On the very first day, I commuted there. It was an hour to get to my job. And then on the way back, it took an extra 40 minutes. And from there, I was like, I need to find the gym near here. So I don't have to like spend time in traffic. Right. And pulled up the next day. The very first gym that popped up was Chiseled Health and Fitness. And I was like, this is weird. That's a little too much of a coincidence because it was literally my job was in the middle of nowhere. And then that gym was literally next to that place. So it was, it was a five minute drive. It was weird. It was weird. Next to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a guy walks in and he starts vlogging and I'm looking at him like, what is he doing? That's kind of weird. And I was, I was very introverted and shy when I was younger. Um, he ended up saying that he had a YouTube channel, started slowly introducing me into the channel. And I was just like, okay, this is cool. He came up to me one day and said, Marlon, you're pretty introverted and shy. Why don't you get on YouTube to help you break out of your shell? Mm. And didn't think anything of it. Uh, made my first video with my phone. And then um, it kind of fell on my lap. After that, a year later, I come visit town. He said he was selling his old camera. I was like, sure, why not? Um, my business partner uh, ended up starting Savage Babe, which is the clothing brand that I own. She was like, hey, you want to be business partners? And you'll do the media stuff, and I'll handle the designing of the clothes. I was like, again, sure, why not? started filming and then doing some photos at the gym that I uh, went to at the time. And the owner approached me and said, hey, like I see you shoot, shooting some social media content. Do you think you want to help me out? I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'll buy you a gimbal. And that's a little thing that you attach to stabilize the camera. Oh, nice. So I was like, oh, cool, I'm getting paid for this. This is yeah. weird. <laughs> and, then, and then a ripple effect of uh, someone saw me doing it at the gym and they're like, hey, can you film some content for me? Mm -hmm. Again, sure, why not? And then the progression of things and the way I met AJ, who is the one I feel like who projectile me like further in life in general between mindset, uh, finances and business, especially um, literally showed up to him in joggers and sweatpants. That's when it was back in 2020. And he's like, I like you. Like, I want to hire you because you're super casual. You're super laid back. And I feel like you're going to do really good work. So I was just like, awesome. A uh, buddy of mine at the gym came and approached me and he was just like, yeah, I'm applying for this job with this guy named AJ. He's really successful and he's going to be the next like billionaire for sure. And I kind of just took a whim on him and he definitely felt like he was a person that, you know, those pivot points in life. Yes. Yeah. He was definitely that person that just pivoted me into like this whole new direction that I'm yeah. in. I think he actually talks about that. At least he did at the conference. Like you have these certain points in your life that are pivotal moments that, you know, if you have this opportunity and you're able to take it, like take it yeah. and see where it goes. And that those pivotal moments can change you and turn you into something you never thought you'd ever do before. So yeah. before you met AJ, you were just, you picked up the camera and you're lifting and you wanted to get into busting, busting out of your shell. So it was like um, a hobby for you. Yeah. And then slowly people noticed you and noticed your work and you were just giving value back to them. Like, Hey, yeah, I'll do this for you. Um, still just a hobby and building and building and building until you turn it into a career from one introduction. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was weird because like I said, I didn't choose a job. The job chose me. 
I ended up just quitting one day with like having six month reserves in my savings. I was always a big saver. Like I, I, it's still, I'm still so just shocked about how the simple concept of live below your means, just make sure your expenses are lower than your income mm -hmm. and you'll be fine. Like yeah, it's, it's incredible, a, right? It's, it's such a simple concept yeah. that people don't understand fully. And they think that there's this complex solution to becoming successful in life. I'm like, at the root of it all, it's really just plus and minus. That's it. Like income, expenses, lower the income. I mean, lower the uh, expenses, increase the income, and then you'll be fine. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I want to get a little bit into the mindset because you started to talk about your introduction to AJ when you went in for the interview, you show up in sweats, like you're here for this social media job. And I just want to translate that a little bit into real estate too, because what I have found is that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Uh, for us, it's real estate. 20% of my education consumption is real estate. The other 80% is mindset, it's business, it's networking, and social it's paid. Media. Social media. <laughs> I mean, look where, it, look where it got you. So how... How would you describe that mindset shift after meeting AJ to where you are now? Like, were there things that he talked to you about or or you guys discussed? Yeah, it was incredible because I saw AJ when he was in one office and then he basically took over the office next door, slammed the door and merged the two buildings together. Like, it's incredible nice. because nice. I see AJ as just another person. Yeah. Like, I've always, um, and when the SSI event happened and and at the um, Bigger Pockets conference too, like, everyone was rushing to him. Everyone was rushing to Brittany, like, oh, my God, like, just fan girling, fanboying over her and him. And I was just like, I'm glad I met them when I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it just goes to show that if you just do good work, like, it'll come back. I, I feel like... The one thing that AJ appreciated about me is that I helped him in-house his media team mm -hmm. because I saw I had a vision of where he was going to be and what my bandwidth was. And I kind of told him he has the funds to be able to in-house this. It's going to make it more cost effective. And I'm all about just efficiency. Um, he ended up asking me, hey, um, like I really want ramp to ramp up my content and I really want more volume. So I was like, OK, I got this. He ended up becoming demanding, not in a bad way, not like that sounds that word kind of sounds bad. Demanding in the sense of he just wanted to really ramp things up. And I told him, I think you should in-house this. And he was just like, okay, how much would it cost for you to work full time for me? Because he was just a client. And I just asked him a simple question. Um, will I need to be in the office nine to five Monday through Friday? Yeah. Said, yes. And I told him, let me think about it. Literally thought about it within like two seconds. And then the next day I hit him up and said, hey, I love working with you. If you had asked me this two years ago, I would have said yes in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But there's no amount of money in the world that's going to get me back to a nine to five um, for anyone. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's one of those things where I just, I like my freedom. I like my flexibility. Um, I'm naturally lazy. Actually, I talked to Brandon Turner about this. I'm, I was telling him that I don't feel like I'm working at 100% capacity. And I feel like I can definitely do more. And he told me that to use my laziness as a skill, like really see things and just pick the appropriate people who belong in those certain categories. Because he said that I have a very business minded mindset and I can see things in systems and it wasn't until um honestly like everything that I've been doing has just been falling into my lap um where I noticed that after reading what was it Robert Kiyosaki's uh, cash flow to freedom quadrant I forgot the Cla cash, cash flow, flow quadrant, quadrant. Cash flow quadrant. Yep. that's when that book changed my mind like in terms of business and AJ's always been pushing that to me and he's kind of been like telling me, hey, this is what you should do. You should focus on this, um, the numbers, the business, the systems. And at first it was just like, 
one ear out the other. Yeah, <laughs> totally, I totally. Yeah. And when I read that book, actually it was an audio book, and when I listened to it, it made me realize that I had to, I didn't fully believe that I was that person, if that makes sense. I didn't believe mm -hmm. that I was the person who was capable of creating the systems, being a manager, or um, like helping other people with their social media, where I saw things like, for example, I already predicted Tesla growing in revenue in stocks, but I didn't know how to get into stocks. So I was just like, I know that it's going to be big. And I do have this weird, I want to just call it a vibe. That's what they call it in the streets. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, that I can see where things go. And for AJ, back to circle around to that was, I was like, I won't be able to work with you full time, but I'll help you find somebody. And it just okay. so happened that conveniently a friend of mine um, no longer worked for this one guy that was kind of treating him very poorly, which mm. unfortunate. But then I brought him on with AJ and negotiated, obviously, pay compensation. He liked it because it was like 1.8 times the amount that he was making his previous job. So he was like, this is awesome. And one thing AJ didn't know is that he actually wanted to quit within the first two weeks working <laughs> for AJ just because he felt like it was going to be the same as his old job. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't want... A repeat of before and i had to like help train his mindset and be like dude you're confident like you know your stuff you know how to read analytics for youtube you know how to um, really structure videos for youtube because he had a big youtube following and i told him be the boss because aj's having to rely on you on how to structure and formulate the um the videos and from there he was just like okay marlon i'll listen to you and he's been taking charge. He uh, manages everything. He oversees the quality control of the videos from the subcontractors that AJ hires. And he's, he's just been killing it. Like, I'm proud of him. That's incredible. I want to break some of this down a little bit because you talked about a lot of things right here. But the biggest thing that I want everybody to take away from this is you can hear the passion <laughs> in Marlon's voice right now. Yeah. And you get that when you become an entrepreneur. A lot of people think that entrepreneurs like – Oh, they never work. They make so much money. Like, mm -hmm. that's not the case. Entrepreneurs trade their 40-hour work week for an 80-hour work week. They are passionate, passionate and driven into their industry. And that's so important. Furthermore, for me, and I think a lot of listeners out there, I know for a lot of us here, but if you haven't read the books Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or Cashflow Quadrant, both by Robert Kiyosaki, like, it recalibrated my brain into thinking this way, which I never knew growing up, ever. Yeah, and you also touched on that feeling of not being that person. Every single entrepreneur feels that. It's called imposter syndrome. And not only do we trade in a 40-hour work week for an 80-hour work week, but we feel like we're a failure right out the gate. And we have to defeat that failure every single day just to get out of bed and do what we need to do. Yeah. AJ actually talked about this at the, the conference. So. Mm -hmm. His, his analogy was um, climbing a mountain. Like you have different phases. It's when you first start out, it's level, it's easy. Like, what am I going to do? You don't know really where you're, where you're going. And then it, it goes all the way up into the top to the peak where you're very focused. You have this one mindset, this one goal in mind. But throughout that process, your head is down. You're looking at the trail. You're determining what rocks and stuff to navigate over. It's not until you take a second to, to look up, turn around, and see just how far you've come. Yeah, and... Here's the thing. I like to relate things as like ceilings. When you are, like you said, you keep your head down and you're only focused on this one thing. You're going up and then you're touching the ceiling and you think that that's your limit until someone comes along and says, hey, actually turn your head and look this way. There's a whole different path right there in front of you that you can take. And you're just like, oh, I thought that the, this was it. Like that, that's it. And 
No, it's just business has been one of those things where um, I forgot which book I heard this from or maybe a, a podcast. It said entrepreneurs are paid to think like they really, really are to really to see the bigger picture of everything. And if it wasn't for AJ, I wouldn't have this mindset. Um, Brittany was actually the one who, who told me you have to read this book. She was just like, I think when I finally came back to her and told her I finished the book, it was amazing and told her everything I learned. She's just like, oh, he's actually putting in the work because she's yeah. recommended it to multiple people. And she said, you're probably like one of the one out of five that I that actually go ahead and listen to it. Um, and with Brittany, like she started her Instagram a long like only five years ago, but she was just consistent. She was consistent with it. And she was posting nonstop. She was she stuck with one thing, which was DIYs, just time lapses. Yeah, and that's it. Mm. That's it. And then the Instagram algorithm rewarded her heavily for that because she was known as a DIYer. She stuck to that one theme, and social media was a little bit easier back then in the sense of there weren't that many users. So if you think about it this way, if you post once, um, only like maybe five other people would post, and because if your video was doing well and a lot of people engaged with it, Instagram decided, okay, let's push her content out. So that was fine. Nowadays, it's getting much, much more difficult because if you post once, you have 100 people following and posting at the same exact time as you are. And that's why it's becoming more of a numbers game. And the way it worked is think about it back in the day when social media first happened. Um, for lack of better words, crappy quality was acceptable. Mm -hmm. Like Casey Neistat, he used to post on, I think he shot on his phone or just one of the older cameras. And, you know, back then they only shot like 1080. So it was acceptable to do that. And companies were paying for that. Then when 4K got introduced, like companies are like, oh, we need um, bigger and better cameras that can support 4K to be able to push great quality content to people. And that's when people were like, oh, I need high quality. And then it was all about YouTube, long form content for the longest time. Like I need to get on YouTube. I need to make sure that I'm constantly posting on YouTube and high quality and um, in order to reach a bunch of audiences. The thing that killed long form content was TikTok. TikTok mm -hmm. came in, they were new on the block and they were just like, let's make short content fun, short form content fun again. And it was crazy because I saw TikTok and I'm just like, I don't want to touch this, but I know I have to. I have to. Yeah, it feels like Vine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I kept resisting it. And I knew exactly where it was going. I called it out and everything. Um, but TikTok was one of those things where I knew it was going to be the new, um, like a lot of users from Instagram migrated to TikTok. And Gary Vee said it best. He said, the reason why a lot of people didn't go onto TikTok sooner was because they saw that they were at zero followers that really messed with their head. And they're like, it's dumb. Let me just stick with my 100K followers on Instagram mm -hmm. or 20K or whatever. Oh, yeah. So it was funny because when he said that, I was like, he's right. That's exactly why the clothing brand that I call own didn't get on TikTok because we um, just saw the zero and we didn't want to work on it. Um, so now being able to post, uh, if you post on Reels, awesome. Just literally regurgitate the same content onto TikTok. Like you can change the thumbnail, you can change the, the, the template of it. You do have to tailor to each of the platforms. Like they mm. say that um, YouTube is one of those. Uh, Instagram is more a little bit more sophisticated. TikTok is more about like freedom and just like being more eye catching and it's interest based. So you have to stay on top of the trends and seeing what works sure. best for the, each platform. Um, but right now, I feel like businesses should, for the time being, depending on what level they're at, um, but depending on what level they are at, 
um, using strategies that work for them until they're able to scale the media department, basically, because the media department for them is a whole new business that they have to realize that they really should. I do predict in a good probably 10 more years, a lot of business owners are going to all in-house their media departments and people like me who freelance, it's going to be much, much more difficult to land more clients because they're just like, hey, I have an editor, I have a videographer, I just need someone to think for me. I need someone to actually tell me what direction I should be going to, um, being able to help me navigate on how to stay relevant, how to um, be more engaging, how to captivate people with better hooks on their social media. Because TikTok, like I said, ruined long form content. Everyone wants an answer, like in 30 seconds or less. They wanna know the solution, they wanna know everything. And that also kind of sucks because it makes society into more of an entitlement i feel like i'm a little nervous about yeah. where the progression of people are going to because they want things fast amazon prime same thing they want it now so they're all having this misconception that to be a success you can be a success overnight people who got heavily rewarded for starting on tiktok earlier they all built up an ego and were like oh i'm this famous tiktoker and it was kind of sad i also saw a video where they were doing tiktok events and this woman had like three million followers on tiktok but no one showed up to her panel. It was Whoa. empty. Yeah. And when she saw that, she cried. She was just like, she posted about it. And it just goes to show that even if you have a huge following on um, TikTok, if it's not, if it's just comedic, like a lot of her stuff are just comedic stuff. Yes, it has an impact, but you look at it, you laugh at it, and then you scroll. Yeah. And you're like, I'll sure. follow her for more stuff. Like if I see her in the street, I'll say hi, but I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, I'm going to go specifically to this conference to see someone just dance on TikTok. That's why um, a lot of people have been saving stuff and reposting stuff if it's more information based. Um, YouTube was a go to place to find information. And then people would sit down and watch a full length of tutorial about how to like build a desk, how to use a camera. Now people are wanting to go to TikTok to find short information and like, okay, what do I need to know? I can't waste time. I need to know this now. Yeah. So, um, that was a lot, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> my, my brain is trying to wrap around all that information too. That's huge. Um, if we could break it down a little bit, it sounds like there's a lot of platforms out there. So mm -hmm. there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, LinkedIn, like could you break down uh, shortly like what each one is p particularly good at and why somebody would use one platform or the other? Or is it all like um, the sum of all of them equals what your social media should be? That's a very good question. Um, I feel like if, you're, if I were to start right now with zero everywhere, I would probably focus more on TikTok just because the algorithms are rewarding. And literally just downloading before I post, you have to download the video because of all the, you know, copyright music and then the watermark mm -hmm. logo. You have to make sure that if you post on um, the different platforms, you have no watermark because Instagram's smart. They see that and they're just like, I'm not going to reward you as much as you should. Mm -hmm. And I see high level content creators still putting the TikTok logo onto Instagram Reels. And, I'm, and I always wonder if they didn't do that would their video be like 10K, 20K more um, Interesting, views? yeah. Because um, Instagram is very public on what they do. I will say that like the owner definitely goes on Instagram and says, hey, these are the key features that are happening that I'm up updating. And it's so simple because he's telling everyone this is what I'm doing. And people are still trying to figure out like, oh, there must be some hidden secret thing <laughs> to do. But if I had to start all over again, TikTok would be the first thing I would um, try to target because Gary Vee says the same thing. Like a lot of people think TikTok's in it for kids. And it is and it isn't. Um, because there's certain 
there's more people starting to finally accept that TikTok is a thing. Like TikTok is going to stay here for a bit. Um, but TikTok, you can still post informational stuff. Um, Reels the same way, but you have to add your own character to it. You have to add your humor to it, your personality to it. Um, can you condense what you say in 30 seconds or less? Um, and being able to build a cult, essentially. I know cult's a strong word for it, mm -hmm. but building like a family underneath you. Um, Pace Morby is a great example. Um, AJ also has this, but I feel like Pace does it really, really well, and Brandon Turner too, that if someone were to go and invest a girl, actually all of them have it, but I noticed Pace has like really ride or die people, where if someone were to come into his um, comment section and say, you suck, you best believe like 50 people are going to come in and say, no, he doesn't. <laughs> You're horrible for saying that. Why would you say that? He's helped me so much. And it's crazy. Like these guys really help him out. And he was telling me that he was even making deals with his students. So he'd build up this um, community. Yep. Have them all talk to each other. He'd come in. He's like, hey, I have this deal. I don't have the funds for it. And literally like 10 people come out. I have 10 grand if you need to borrow money from me. Like let's work out this deal together. So he didn't even, I don't think that was his intention. I might be wrong, but to be able to form a community and have them give you money that, right. that just builds a certain of uh trust and um what's the other word i'm looking for um relatability with the person just a level of trust that you're just like wow this guy is actually authentic it feels like your friend yeah okay so i've got a question for you then what is the point of social media like if i'm trying to get a bunch of followers to what end is my goal that I'm that I need all these followers? That that's actually more of a personal question. Like, what is your goal? Like, if you just want to inspire people and just talk about motivational content, then cool. If you want to network and show people what you know, like Ashley actually talked about this. Um, her Instagram's wealth. I forgot, but she went on stage and talked about social media and said that it's wealth weird. from rentals. Wealth from rentals. Yes. Thank you. Yep. She went on stage and. Um, she was working on a deal with a person and she showed them her Instagram and they're like, okay, we trust you. She was yeah. like, do, do you not want to see my, my P and L's? Do you want not want to mm. see my track record of what I've done? Just because of social media, they're just like, you look reliable. Like you look nice. Let's do it. Yeah. And they see that number and they instantly correlate it to a certain amount of trust. So it's all about trust relationships. Um, your net worth is definitely dependent on your network. So if you are able to show that you know what you're talking about and people are following you, it just builds a certain level of trust. So that's essentially the end goal of social media is to be able to help people, um, educate people, inspire them, make them laugh as well. Uh, so there's just different pillars and it just depends on like what you want to do. Like if you just want to be comedic and just dance in front of TikTok, there's no shame in that. Make some money from uh, brand deals, make cool yeah. content. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily what I'm into. Like it's cool to see that, but. I feel like that brings it back full circle because we talked about in the <laughs> earlier about putting your face in front of somebody and that's what it's all about. So you can condense the time. Social media like is a time condenser as far as becoming successful into achieving the goals that you're trying to achieve. And for us, it's real estate. So how can we get in front of more people? You gave a perfect example of Pace Morby. He's built a following of people around him that not only trust him, but want to do deals with him. And it's a win-win for everybody. So being able to build that community within your sector is super important. You also brought up another point as the following, and I've noticed that if I go to somebody's page and I see, I look at their following, I automatically judge there's a value to that. So there's two different thought process here, processes here. One, uh, 
having that cult following that are your ride or dies, but then also getting that number as high as you can just for somebody entering your network. So that brings me to this thought. What do you think about buying bots? You know, you, you hear about buying oh, yeah, followers. Don't do, don't do that. No, okay. no. Just simple answer to that. Don't do that. Because it like Instagram's smart. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's just they have so many successful engineers working in the back end that they see that. If you were to buy followers, um, it just cripples your engagement. It just destroys mm. it. Like Instagram punishes you if they notice any type of, like, they like to call it illegal activity, where you get a spike of followers without doing anything they're just like oh this guy we're gonna have to model mo monitor him and then the shadow banning and there's all that different things a part of it but definitely don't don't yeah don't do that i think what's acceptable um is hiring someone to manage the social media and just comment and engage because once you slowly ramp up the amount of time you're on the platform and that's what the thing instagram rewards people who stay on their platform longer mm. so if you have a social media manager that's just literally going in there making authentic comments like not not like good work mm -hmm. you're doing awesome keep it up if they're working on a project or they're um uh something happens in the video where uh they're rehabbing a place and something looked disgusting like you can even make it a comment be like i can't believe there was this a uh, bunch of roaches in the corner of the, yeah. the video. And then that is literally very specific. It's not generic. Okay. Um, that would help a lot with your engagement. Um, the other thing that I noticed is being able to have a strong hook in the beginning and not giving too much away. But then there's also a flip side to it where if you actually get straight to the point, people are like, oh, he's talking about this. I'm going to wait and see what he has to say about this specific okay. topic. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's always about finding a balance between making them feel like they have to earn the content and telling them this is what I'm going to talk about. And if you, if that resonates with you, stay longer and find out. Um, so the hook is always in the first three to five seconds. Usually people are always saying three seconds. Um, Alex Homozi is probably like one of the best people in social media right now. He's yeah. like, I have nothing to sell you. And it's funny that he says that he's like, I just give this content out for free. Um, and if you find it valuable, cool, let's work together because his goal is this, his mission is to get people to get their companies from one to 3 million a year. So he can take them to 10, 20, 50 million a year. So he's just like, how do I get more clients to help build their businesses? He builds the clients. He builds the clients essentially. And people, same thing, right or die. He gives a crap ton of, um, free information and it just builds a certain level of trust. Like people look up to you, people respect you, people know you as the go-to guy for this certain thing and the thing with me that i struggle with the most like you're saying uh, what was it uh the um shiny object syndrome yeah i get bored very easily <laughs> that's just it sucks like my mind is constantly firing with ideas constantly thinking of new avenues and um so it's hard for me to stick to one thing at times and i know that if i was able to fully focus on one thing and alex mosley says the same thing uh, impulse control is one of the things that really make someone successful so having really good impulse control and focusing on one thing um would projectile you like immensely yeah there, there were three things that he talked about that really make like an entrepreneur super successful i wish i could quote him right now i can't but i can you quote know. him <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, i can never pronounce the first uh word it's uh uh, superiority complex yeah, oh superiority yes complex. where they believe truly that they're better than everybody else yep. mm -hmm. then the next one which i resonate with and he yeah. resonates with a lot is crippling insecurities right where you're constantly feel like you're never doing enough and i i, I feel like i'm never i feel like i can't i want to help as many people as i can and i feel like i can never stop which is weird mm -hmm. and then the last one is impulse control which wraps everything around neatly so you have this one calling telling you you deserve better 
you should be in bigger places. Mm -hmm. Then you have the insecurity saying and motivating you, like I should really do this work and pushing you and pushing away the fear of things that don't um, resonate or align with you. And so you're pulling, getting pulled this way and you're pushing away the bad stuff that no longer align with where you want to be. And then impulse control helps you focus on that one um, task. And that's essentially what makes a successful entrepreneur because there's entrepreneurs who eat really, really crappy. There's entrepreneurs who eat really, really good. Some, ones that wake up early, ones that wake up late, sleep yeah. in. Yeah. So those were the three things that he talked about. And I was just like, wow, that is me. As much as I hated admitting the superior uh, superiority complex, complex yeah. yeah, totally. I do feel like to some extent I do have that, yeah. and not in a negative connotation. When I was growing up in the East Coast, when I was you know surrounded by a bunch of people in the ghetto, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be an engineer. They're all gonna be in jail, which a lot of it was true, jail or dead. Unfortunately, yeah. a couple of them actually I did find out that they gang violence. Yeah, it was it was insane. I grew up in a very rough rough area, but it made me appreciate. Um, people and the little things and that's what made me want to help others to get them out of it if that makes sense yeah, yeah. and that's how you do social media mm-hmm. <laughs> so to these others that you're trying to help i know you talked about the one thing that they could do today is get on instagram mm-hmm. um what th- i know there's a lot of other platforms like youtube we did talk about instagram a little bit i'm sorry did i say instagram or tiktok, TikTok. Said instagram. yeah you i said, said instagram. instagram but you meant tiktok i meant tiktok <laughs> thank you um so, and then there's YouTube, like, which is long form you talked about. Uh, Instagram, which I feel like is portfolio driven. Like you were talking about Ashley Care, just show somebody their Instagram page and they got business straight off of that Instagram page. So for some of the new people that are starting, you know, how can they develop or start their social media platforms um, to move forward? Like, do they need identity with, with one thing? Do they need to try some things out? Like, what are some ideas? That's a good idea. It, it's essentially like they have to figure out what style works for them. Like, do they want to be a certain person? Do they want to be known for one thing? Um, making it easier for them is probably like the hardest thing ever where they try to do everything. Right. Okay. Um, but just focusing on one thing and sticking with it. And again, um, I got to go back to the trends of social media. I forgot. Um, high quality was acceptable. TikTok ruined that and made it short form and you get rewarded for just using your iPhone, which is kind of like history repeating itself because that's the beginning phases of just social media in general, where not many people had access to higher level equipment. So it was okay to use your phone. It was okay to use crappy cameras. Now we're back into that phase where it's um, okay quality, but the content is what matters the most. I feel like I'm worried that social media is going to be a numbers game and quality, so it's going to be a headache. But I say anyone starting out, just jump in now and just post with your phone. It's okay. Don't let the number of views, don't let the comments stop you from continuing because that's so it's so psychological. And the minute that you remove your emotions from it and being like, I see the bigger picture and I'm okay with it, the algorithm is going to reward you. At the end of the day, consistency always beats anything in every different strategy that you have so my thing is just like get started um i'm guilty of not doing it because i'm helping so many other people yeah, with, yeah. Um, with their uh-huh. social media yeah you've helped us yeah yeah so it's it's one of those things where um definitely don't let the numbers get into your head that's yeah. one piece of advice that i will say and just continue to deliver content and from there once you get more revenue behind you and you're like okay i can allocate some more budget to this then start hiring people like okay i need an editor it's probably the number one thing that most businesses struggle with. I struggled with. And I'm starting to realize that I actually have to train the person in order to, in order for them to have the eye that I have. I didn't know that I had an eye until recently. 
I was like, wow, this is weird. Like I, I thought my, everyone would think that way. And I forget that not many people think the way I think. Um, so I definitely feel like people just need to get started now, remove the ego, remove the uh, inability to stomach the low following, low view count, because at the end of the day, um, you don't have to post two to three times a day, at least post on the different social media platforms, the same exact video. Because it's going to build up your confidence. It's about um, just taking little wins and building up your confidence. Like, oh, wow, on TikTok, I actually got 15 more views than I did on Reels. Cool. So wow. I know this yeah. thing does really good on TikTok. So, and you were saying what you do is post to TikTok first. And before you post it, you download the video to your phone to eliminate all those watermarks. Mm -hmm. What if you did that the reverse way? Because I know, so what we usually do is we go to Instagram and then download it to the phone after we we post it and there's no i, I don't see any watermarks that's but fine. on the bot okay yeah yeah that's fine okay. too yeah. what you're saying is you could recycle the same one video that you made and post it on all the platforms yeah so mm -hmm. um yeah tiktok instagram wow. and youtube shorts and that's how a lot of people did say to only focus on one thing and i agree focus on building one but if it's only going to take a couple more seconds to post yeah, on another that's platform true. just do it you already wow. have the content right yeah you already have it and just regurgitate it do you mess with facebook at all uh, Facebook owns Instagram, so I don't necessarily, uh, Facebook's one of those things where my specific target audience isn't in. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I don't do it. But honestly, like if you have the means, just post it on Facebook right. too. To me, Facebook feels more like a blog these days yeah. because the only thing I use Facebook for these days are groups, you know, certain investor groups mm -hmm. are trying to connect with people. Or the marketplace. Right. Or, the marketplace. or the marketplace, yeah. Sweet deals on furniture for our Airbnbs, what? <laughs> Some people get their start on furniture, flipping furniture. Yeah. That was like episode two. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely don't do any videos on Facebook. Yeah. I don't. Facebook is one of those things that um, I don't want to say Facebook is dying, but TikTok's becoming the new Instagram, essentially. And I think there's this new photo app that's popping up it kind of died down a bit and now it's starting to gain traction oh yeah i just heard about that and it, it's like real something or other where it yeah. it messages you and it's like hey you have to take a picture right now and you have oh, to like cool. yeah pull yeah. it out and take the picture and it makes it it's like authentic you know like what you have to stop what you're doing yeah. that yeah. what that's almost that sounds terrifying because yeah then now you have a social media pr platform that's telling you what to do yeah, and actually controlling your yes. life, right? Instead of just having something like you're like, oh, I need more followers, so I'm going to go do this, but at my own time. Now it's like, no, you're doing it in my time. Yeah. Wow. But like you said, social media is just one of those things that help companies grow faster. Um, because, oh, 100%. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can meet a lot of successful people just because you know your stuff as well. But um, I remember, I think it was AJ or... Brittany or Brandon. One of these hyper-successful people, people that yeah. are in We're my saying, inner circle. Yeah, that um, <laughs> they wouldn't even strike a deal with anyone who doesn't have a social media presence. Like, they need to have one because, again, it comes back to the trust. Yeah, that shows your effort. I think it was Brittany that was talking about it. She was talking about it at that investor meetup that we went to. Yeah. yeah that's what I was. Yeah. yeah, they're all awesome. They're all awesome people. And it's funny because their videos show their authenticity and that's just exactly who they are. I've had, uh, when I was at Bigger Pockets, everyone came up to me and they're just like, wow, AJ is exactly how he is in his videos. And he'll even have to um, like turn down his marketing guy's ideas where he's just like, that's too salesy, that's not me, Let's re I'll reword it. So that's always, like I said, you can always, you have to be like a tailor for mm -hmm. each person. Like this totally. person really doesn't like to push sales. This person really, really does. Um, and what works and what doesn't, I feel like at the end of the day, authenticity is back to it. Authenticity, staying consistent. Be your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and obviously having quick cuts on. I remember when you were showing me a video, I'm like, I would have cut it there. I would have cut it here. Mm -hmm. Oh, the and quick cuts, yes. yeah. Having quick cuts and just different framings, it makes the person stay involved because a lot of people, I said, get bored very easily. And That's it's a great tip. Yeah, we started doing that a lot more too. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just keep cutting it. Change the, change the way the camera's looking at it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so... Where where is it that you're trying to go today? Now that you've grown your social media, you've grown your network. What what's Marlon trying to do? I guess my thing is, I mean, you brought up a good point when we were having food right before this about um, creating courses for different, I guess, the different levels of uh, different levels of where the companies are at. Okay. And so if they're just first starting out, build a course and be like, this is what you should do with your social, with your social media. And then cater it to each level and then to the point where I really want to help businesses in-house their social media because um, – That's where you see it going. Yeah. Yes. That's where I see it going. And and it's interesting because you're like, I'm a freelancer, so that's going to make my life harder in the long run. But you still see where the market's going and the necessity and you still want to add that value even though you know it's going to make your life harder. So I think that's just a – that speaks to your character. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly where I'm headed to right now. That's the focus I am. With the clothing brand, we're kind of like debating about it, about what the next steps to take. But right now, I really want to focus on helping businesses scale their social media department. And it's just like, it's just fun because it's a system that I've seen and I know the impact it has and I know the struggles that people face and I just want to help people essentially. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, before I get into our last segment, is there anything else that you want to talk about or anything burning on your mind that you just need to get out there for the listeners like on starting social media? Um, I feel like this was social media heavy and we didn't even touch on how successful Savage Babe is. No. And this, so like we're, we only uncracked half of Marlin edits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we'll just have to have you back on here again. Okay. Oh, so I know I probably know the answer to this and a lot of listeners probably do, but what's one thing that somebody today could take away from this podcast that they could implement in their life that could further project their goals, their career, their network? Um, really sit down with themselves and see if social media even makes sense for them. Because I met a billionaire and he told me, um, would social media make sense for me? And I wasn't there for the sale. I was there to genuinely listen to him. And I told him, you're already a billionaire. Like, you're successful. Right now, if you do social media, it's just for fun. Like, you have to realize that it's just to educate people, okay. to help people. Because he said that this generation is getting softer and softer, which I kind of agree. Um, a lot of them, like instant gratification and they don't understand the concept of delaying their gratification but at the end of the day you have to really sit down and answer all the questions that basically i've been kind of pointing out like what kind of content do you want to create who do you want to educate really focusing down on what the main purpose and goal is for your social media and really sticking to it and not letting the numbers affect those goals because the minute that you have this why and this purpose everything else is going to fall into place and if you don't have that, you'll be so consumed by the view count and yep. the comments and the following. Mm -hmm. And you just have to stick with, I know my bigger vision and I know it's not rewarding me right now, but I know in three, one to three years, depending on how good you stay consistent, I'll see the benefits later. Yeah. David Green said it best. People don't buy your what, they buy your why. They don't care what, what it is that you have. They buy why you have it. Why are you doing this thing? Why are you in social media? Why are you making these videos? It's so intriguing. People don't buy your what, they buy your why. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming in today. For those that want to reach out, get in touch, ask questions, how can they get a hold of you? 
Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That was fun. That was yeah. really a lot of fun. Um, the clothing ca- company that I own is uh, Savage Babe Collection. And then Marlon Edits is M-A-R-L-O-N-E-D-I-T-S on Instagram. And then, like I said, DM me. Um, usually that's the fastest way I respond. I always yeah. respond to my DMs. So if you have any questions, if you need advice, um, I'm here. <laughs> awesome. We'll see you in the DMs then. Yeah, yeah. Thank all you. right. Well, thanks again for coming on. We're the Turnkey Brothers. This is Marlon Edits. And that's a wrap. Hey, everyone. We're the Turnkey Brothers. And thanks for tuning in with us today. Don't forget to smash our algorithm with those likes, subscribes, and sharing it with someone you think would benefit from this episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at Turnkey Brothers.